0: Christina, welcome to the Coupley Relationship Advice Podcast.
1: Yes, thank you for having me. It's thank very you. nice to be here.
0: It is amazing to have you here and I'm really, just really excited to record this episode together.
1: Me too, me too. Always lots to talk about when it comes to relationships. So.
0: And today we're going to be exploring the five top relationship issues that you see in couples therapy. Yes. If it's cool, I would love if you could tell the Couplie community a little bit more about yourself and how you got into this space
1: sure it is not a very linear story like I wasn't really one of those people that knew what I wanted to do from a young age or anything like that so this is actually my second career I started in journalism Whoa. yeah so I got my master's degree in that I went into that I started in um, documentary films wow. so yeah I really enjoyed it I was working on a documentary at the time about prescription drug abuse so it was quite a heavy topic obviously and there was a lot of mental health components to it yeah. and then it was kind of funny because with documentaries, you do a lot of interviews with people that are pretty long and you get to know them pretty well because you hear their stories and all these things. And I found that people found it pretty therapeutic to tell their story. Mm. But then what was really strange with journalism is that you hear the story and then you go home (laughs) and that's that. You never talk to these people again. And so I kind of would think about like, oh, I hope they're okay. And I hope they're getting the support that they need and all these things. And people seem to open up to me quite well. And then I thought maybe it would be a little bit rewarding to stay with the person to help them through the thing that they just told me about rather than kind of dipping. So I went back to school. That was a very tough time of like identity crisis and, you know, should I change careers and all these things. But I did. I'm really, really happy that I did. And I started a private practice called Fresh Insight in 2018 and it was just me. And I'm happy to say that it's grown and it's been doing well. So now we have some people on the team and other therapists and an intake coordinator and all these things I never expected would happen. So I'm very, very happy with it.
0: That's awesome. And it must have been hard going back to school because... Journalism, documentaries, that's like a really tough career to yes. crack into.
1: Yes. And and it's so true because right when I became a journalist was when journalism was changing a lot. Like everybody could become a journalist in some capacity because we had smartphones and all these things. So it was such a weird time to be a journalist. And I thought, I don't really know if this has much of a future either, you know. So you have a certain plan and then you got to deviate from the plan. But again, I think these things really work out because... I've never regretted that decision once, and it's so cool to be able to talk to you now about relationships and all these things, you know?
0: And you also have a pretty large following too.
1: Yes, which is also very strange. That happened weirdly because I made one TikTok as a joke, kind of, and then it happened to go viral. I don't really know why, and so I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll just keep doing this because maybe people really like mental health content. And that's been really neat because I think people are really hungry to learn more about relationships or themselves or mental health or whatever it happens to be. So it's kind of the opposite of journalism. It's like this is a really good time in some ways to be in the therapy space because I think people are quite interested in the content. Not everybody, but some people.
0: They definitely are. So let's get into the top five relationship issues that you see the most in couples therapy. And the number one here is partners not listening to the other's complaints until it's too late.
1: Yes, this is by far. You know, I read the statistic once that said that couples wait six years before going to therapy, and that, that surprised me. But then it didn't when I thought about it in a way because a lot of people will come in where there's been problems for a really really long time. But what happens, and I'm not gonna lie don't shoot the messenger but but mostly it's men not realizing in a heterosexual partnership that their wife is unhappy or their girlfriend or, or whatever and it's interesting because when you hear their story you'll hear things like the wife say oh no well i asked about couples therapy five years ago or you know last year i was actually staying at my parents house because i was so miserable and so i'm sort of thinking they're sitting there thinking what was missed there you know mm-hmm. but i think a lot of us can Maybe start to take advantage of our partner or think that just because we're married that, okay, well, we'll just stay married because people don't get divorced or you don't think that it's going to happen to you. But then meanwhile, your partner is hurting quite a bit. And I think all of those times where we might brush our partner off, even if we think it's small, those things can really, really accumulate. Because you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be something big like an affair that causes a situation like that. It can just be a buildup of those small hurts over a long period of time.
0: Yeah, and this was definitely the case uh, for myself, I think. I was in that category where by the time that me and my ex went to couples therapy, it was really way too far down the line, I think, mm-hmm. to really um, have an impact. And I think sometimes people go to couples therapy thinking it's going to be this act of God
1: oh Oh. my gosh you're telling me man yeah totally (laughs) I'm sitting there like because that I think that's why a lot of therapists um don't really like couples therapy because sometimes people come in with so much urgency and pain and and they're like fix us right now and you're you're like man I'm kind of working with 10 years of Mm -hmm. traumatic incidents between the two of you so yeah
0: And I think there's something else really interesting that I was looking at the other day. And it was around um, men and women's differences in communication, specifically around expressing complaint Mm. and how women are much more attuned to indirect complaint because in female social circles, indirect complaint is sort of the way that the pecking order is established. This could be the ways that females look at each other when one leaves the room, or the ways that they speak to you. And it's just much more refined, almost like a ninja in (laughs) in terms of social skills. And men are a little bit more dumb animals, will have bust-ups, but able to get over them much, much faster. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think like, wow, men are just much less attuned to these subtle complaints when if things are actually wrong you need to have a somber conversation and say hey i'm really unhappy and i think we need to address this it's not going to come across in these small sort of like well, we're arguing a lot, so maybe we should get a couple of like, no, you need to sit down and actually have yes. a real conversation.
1: That's so fascinating what you were just talking about too. Yeah, and I think a lot of family of origin stuff can play into this as mm. well. Because for example, if, if you're somebody who learned from your family that you actually just don't talk about things like you actually see that quite a bit unfortunately and maybe somebody's family dealt with things by literally just brushing them under the rug and so they didn't really gain any knowledge that repair even needs to happen or how to do it and so yeah then now they're in a relationship and maybe they do see that their partner's unhappy but they just do what they've always done which is brushing it under the rug because that's actually very normal to them right and and so i don't always think it's malicious that people are missing their partner's mm. cues—it c- this can be quite complicated sometimes. Mm.
0: And then they come to see a couple's therapist, and like you say. You've got 10 years of baggage to get through in a single hour. (laughs) Good fucking luck. I
1: know. And sometimes you kind of, I really hope that this will shift over time. Because I think this leads to my second point, actually, of the common relationship issues is people going to couples therapy too late. Mm -hmm. Because I always say to people, if you're starting to see some recurring themes and you're starting to feel stuck, that's the time to go to a couples therapist. I think right now it's this, this idea that people think you have to be really really on the rocks to go to therapy and that's why it's really hard to do anything at that point sometimes Mm. um or i think with couples therapy it's a situation with with being in a relationship sometimes i think of you don't know what you don't know yeah so if you don't even know for example like we were talking about what repair is Mm -hmm. how are you supposed to bring that into your relationship because i think a lot of couples will say well we can handle this ourselves we don't need an outsider but you don't know what you don't know so somebody on the outside can say well this is how you like give an effective apology because we don't even know that right and i don't necessarily think that's anybody's fault we don't have classes at school about this unfortunately even though i wish we did so yeah i think that's another thing is just people delaying going to therapy
0: what are some of the signs that you think couples should be looking out for to be like okay it's time to go and see a couple's therapist let's go and get some professional coaching and help
1: Like I mentioned, one is the repetitive nature of these things, in my opinion. So if you're having the same arguments or the same patterns are happening, something's going on there that hasn't really been addressed. I also think if you're starting to bring things up to your partner and it does seem like they don't really care as much anymore, that's Mm. a sign, you know? Because at the beginning, I find that you'll bring something up and your partner hopefully is a little bit more responsive and takes it more seriously. But then sometimes when you fall into those typical patterns somebody can be like well here we go again that's just what we do so i'm just going to check out of this but that is really the time to engage and say well what why do we keep having this problem and what can we do differently
0: yeah that's good and then that's the point when it's like hey this is repetitive we're going through this same stuff yeah we're creating maybe a toxic dynamic right it's time for us to Let's get an extra person here to help us unpick this and start solving things.
1: Yeah, because it's really interesting. Back to that idea of you don't know what you don't know. Sometimes I'll even try to, and it's always from a place of care. It's not from a place of me trying to be critical. But you might even have a tone that you don't realize is actually really driving a, a conflict. So, you know, I've said to people, are you aware you actually sound kind of condescending when you talk in that way? And they might not have any clue. And in reality, that condescending tone is the thing that's pissing their partner off right but if somebody doesn't tell you that and then your if your partner tells you you might be like oh they just complain about everything you know but so there's there's a lot of things that you can gain from just an impartial person just watching your dynamic it's a very brave thing to go to couples therapy if you think about it like that but
0: it is no one wants to be criticized and no one wants to be made feel like they're in the wrong yeah so but it's at the same time being open to feedback, especially from an expert, is a very powerful thing as well.
1: Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a therapist, you're always kind of walking that tightrope between holding people accountable, but making sure that they feel comfortable with you and not criticized. It's a really funny line to walk, you know, it's tough. sometimes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is where all of the science needs to meet the art.
1: Yes, exactly. Yes, totally.
0: The other one that you have here is me thinking versus we thinking
1: yes and i'm curious just about your thought because i feel yeah. like this could be a whole podcast episode in Ooh, itself great but sometimes i just worry that we're all becoming a little entitled yeah. You know, I yeah. think a lot of us in Canada, at least for the most part, are quite comfortable in terms of our basic needs being met. Now we can all have a platform to share our every thought or mm. every feeling and people can respond to it, which is a good ego stroke of I'm so important. Everybody needs to listen to what I have to say. Um, and yeah, I, I just sometimes wonder as well if I think a lot of stuff with mental health that's supposed to be for self-care can also get really unhealthy. So mm. So for example like boundaries is a big one i see that people will try to learn how to have healthy boundaries but then they end up going to extreme of they're just causing fights with everybody in the spirit of setting boundaries in quotation marks Mm. it's like that's actually not healthy either we don't want to go around always being like well you hurt my feelings and i'm the most important person on the planet and you need to apologize to me it's like well no relationships are about two people affecting the dynamic so I I am seeing that where I'm sort of having to sometimes like rein people in the other way Mm. of it's gone from self-care to self-entitlement you know and and in the relational context it can go to a place of well I'm unhappy you're not meeting my needs I need you to do X, Y, Z but if both people have that energy then you get gridlocked because it's like well until he does this or until she does this i'm not going to change my behaviors Ooh. you know
0: and that becomes and then you're almost touching that sort of zero-sum games that you see in yeah. in unhealthy relationships when people are constantly keeping score yeah and it's weird when you see this in couples and feel very lucky i don't have this in my relationship or not a not a sniff of that yeah but you definitely see it and you're like, that must be exhausting. Oh my
1: gosh, I know. And I I think sometimes we can really cling to that idea of things should be 50-50 all the time. Mm. And I think understandably a lot of women have... Uh, that comes from a place of protectiveness, because I think a lot of women can be taken advantage oh, of yeah. in the realm of home oh. care, child care, all these things, right? So I think load. Us, yeah, a lot of us have these defense mechanisms. And sometimes I, I catch myself gravitating there, but nothing's going to be 50 50 all the time. You know, you're going to go through ebbs and flows, where sometimes you're going to be the one who has to carry the burden of things. Sometimes mm. your partner is going to have to do it, but you have to have faith That they're gonna do it and then you also have to do it from that place of generosity because you want to and sort of like that it sounds so simple but that do unto others as you would have done unto you I think we kind of forget sometimes Mm -hmm. so yeah then you get really gridlocked and it's really hard to inspire any change if they're like well I don't want to because he didn't and I always say to people like obviously there's align but you do sometimes just have to eat shit in a relationship like, like sometimes and I, okay like don't take this to the extreme i know there's always listeners that are like well if he does X, y, Z, I shouldn't okay but i'm talking about things where sometimes your partner will be upset and you might not even oh, yeah. get it that i've been there where i'm like i don't get it but it's like okay it mattered to him yeah. and that's what's important he had an experience and so i need to apologize even though i might not understand or agree yeah. it's like he was hurt the end you know mm-hmm. do i want to focus on why he's wrong or do i want to just have a healthy relationship where he feels cared for yeah. right like or people will be like oh i don't really care about what they're talking about so how do i it's like you know, do you care about what your partner talks about 100 of the time absolutely not but sometimes <laughs> you're like okay yes i will pretend i care about xyz because it's important to you
0: and sometimes they know that you don't really care right. but they are very appreciative
1: exactly yes i if i come home with a makeup palette or something my, my partner bless his heart pretends to give a shit and i'm like that is so nice yeah, yeah. i know you don't care at all but it, you know it's these are the little moments of you know like i said eating little shit that you just have to sometimes do in a relationship <laughs> yeah. i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> I we need to make that thing eating little shits just little ones
1: you know every now and again yeah. you know, this is the we thinking I'm talking about it's not yeah. always about you it's not always about well I'm bored so I don't want to hear that story or I, whatever it's like eh, if you don't care about any of those things then be single
0: I always I always think about the how relationships are just made and broken in the tiny moments of connection
1: 100% yeah
0: and I always that's something I just think about so much and when you start to see life like that or you see a relationship like that, it really changes the way that you connect with everyone.
1: Yes, totally. I there's this interesting statistic. I'm not, don't know that where it came from off the top of my head, but it says you have to have five positives yeah. to every one negative. Yeah. Sometimes men really like hearing that because they're like, there's a formula there, yes. right? But. It's interesting if you uh, think about that with the relationship, like you said, if you have one little negative moment of a little micro hurt, mm-hmm. but you, it's not addressed in any way mm-hmm. or it's not balanced out, then mm-hmm. you're gonna start feeling unhappy and wonder why.
0: The, the, the Gottmans did the really big study on this yeah. one. So it was a 20 year study where they looked into this and what they saw was that happy couples that lasted, that didn't get divorced, responded to their partner's little mini bids of connection, yes. the story, the makeup palette, the thing they got upset about, the high score in the video, <laughs> game oh yeah 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 they responded to it positively yeah and that was the one thing that was the biggest predictor in couples staying mm-hmm. married and then the other way is to there's two other options you can ignore it which is sort of like a neutral way where you don't really engage You're like mm, okay darling yes dear mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. or you can respond negatively and the way that we always visualize it in couple is we say, look, your relationship is like a ship. Here's the hull. It's underneath the water. These are all the little moments that keep your ship waterproof. But when you push out one of those bolts of connection, guess what? You've got a hole now underneath the water line, and that is letting in a little bit of water. So you need to make sure that you're keeping that. Whole. What a time.
1: Love that. Yeah, it's so 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 true, and it is. It's so interesting. Like, if you've ever been on the receiving end of somebody not responding or responding rejecting, negatively. it's very painful. Oh. Actually, it sounds so silly. Like, but when you're excited about something, and it's just not mi- mirrored in any capacity, it can feel like a little rejection. You know.
0: Oh, it feels like a big rejection. Yeah. Especially in, especially when I see it in relationships, because you think like, oh no, your, your whole life, you might have things that, you. Find interesting. People change. Right, right. We have different hobbies or different passions or things that we just get really into, and you might never be able to share any of them with your partner. Yeah. And although these are like small things, you think, oh, well, that's what life is. It really adds up.
1: Right. And I think about, you know, how how a relationship can disintegrate even with just that we talked about because let's say your partner never responds to your bid then you might go to a place of well i'm not even going to tell them about this thing i'm excited about yeah right so now like it's so funny that's a really small thing we're talking about in some capacity but it can lead to that disconnection Yeah. now you're not really a part of each other's worlds as much Oh. you know it's it's so interesting that
0: little part of the world the thing that you're excited about you speak to someone else about it, their eyes light up, they're listening.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And that little part of your world that should be with your partner is now gone and you're talking about it with your friends instead. Or you're feeling like, oh, I want to hang out with my buddy because they always listen or have banter about this thing or at least they'll try and get it
1: yeah totally so you know coming back to that we thinking it's how does my behavior impact my Mm -hmm. partner what do they need what do i need to do to make them feel good because it's really easy to just get so focused on yourself
0: so it's okay to eat small amounts of shit (laughs) yeah
1: so i don't know like i don't know how you'd be able to stay in a relationship for a long time if you didn't do that (laughs) you know what i mean i don't know
0: it's like
1: you sometimes have to watch the movie you don't want to watch yeah you know it's part of it like but again it's 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 this is sort of where again this could be a whole podcast episode but if all of us are so used to being comfortable also Mm. all the time it's like well i don't deserve to be uncomfortable for two hours yes you do yeah (laughs) right you're a human being on the planet who doesn't always have comfortable experiences that go your way yeah so
0: i love that i think that's a really good thing to keep in mind that hey some things are going to be uncomfortable some things are going to be annoying and that is part of the relationship
1: yeah i remember when i was in therapy and in my 20s like individual therapy and my therapist would always tell me you are not the center center of the universe and you are not perfect and yeah. i remember i'd be so pissed sometimes yeah. what a mean thing to say but it's true like sometimes we just need those reminders yeah
0: you know yeah Okay. And not being intentional or putting the work into relationship.
1: Yes. Yes. So I don't know. I think that at least in Canada, at least with a lot of the people that I work with, I feel like there's this timeline that everybody mm. has in their head about, <laughs> yeah. I just have to be married at this age, yes. you know, and it's really sociologically reinforced and then all their friends are getting married. And so they think they have to do it. But I, I think that there's this idea that once I'm married or, or once I'm in the relationship, the end I'm done. I got my partner right.
0: Oh boy! Yeah, it's
1: like the polar opposite. I've heard it with people with weight loss journeys where some of them will say it's the losing weight is the easiest part. It's the maintaining the weight loss that's the hardest. Yeah, and I think that's the same with relationships. Once you're in it, you know that the daily things of those moments of connection, responding Mm. to the bids, the date nights, asking your partner how was your day. Like there's really small things that you need to keep doing. But it's this idea, well, now I'm in the relationship and it's all good.
0: Yeah, we're good. We're married now. That's yeah, it. You, totally. we're, we're stuck with each other.
1: Yes. Yeah. And all these tropes about marriage, too, of like, you know, I'm stuck with the old ball and chain. Oh, and I hate that. Me too. There's so many gross ideas yeah. about marriage out there. of like, well, you're just unhappy. Yeah. What What is that?
0: Well, the wife was always right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: totally. All of these negative things. And it's like, what's going on here? Yeah. So... I don't know. I, I, I do think it's about, like you said, responding to those moments when your partner is upset, having a, like an actual conversation about what happened or going to couples therapy or doing the fun things together.
0: You know, one of the things that I fucking love about Coupley and the community is that we do these community questions now. So new thing. Oh, fun. And so each week or each day we'll ask a poll or a question, something like, what's something that your partner has done for you recently? and so many people write down we can read all the comments that are like in in the community tab but so many people are write down say like oh it was um he was giving me kisses before he before he left even mm-hmm. though i was half asleep he was just whispering my we ear like i love you and gave me a little kiss yeah. goodbye yeah um she uh, always puts the k- coffee on before she goes to work in the morning yeah um and it is these tiny frequent 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 things yes But it is also just honoring that beauty in the relationship of doing this shit for your partner or them doing things for you and recognizing them. And what I think makes me so excited is that this is a community that is like, yeah, we're going to carry on doing the work. We're going to make our relationships (sighs) work. And I think just that, that, that flip, if you can flip that switch in your mind that Just because we're married, it means that we're together forever. Mm -hmm. Guess what? 43% of marriages end in divorce.
1: Totally, yeah.
0: This is not the case, guys. This is not the case at all. Just because you're married, it now means that the work continues exactly the same rate. And you're still building this culture together. You're still creating your behavioral norms together. Yeah. But it's beautiful. You should be... And if you are consciously... If you're consciously creating it, it can be so beautiful because you really have a partner who is hopefully listening, Yeah. they want to create it with you, yeah. and that can give you a really magical journey through the good parts of your life.
1: It's so, so, so true, because I often think to myself that life is hard enough as it is. So There's hard. There's so much going on in the world right now, and I truly cannot imagine what it would be like to have to live in a difficult world and have to live with a partner Mm. where you're not getting along oh god you know like being able to turn to your partner as your safe haven and your support and your friend is so important especially now you Mm. know even like i'm thinking during covid right yeah we were stuck at home with our partners and for those of us who were in a good place at that time thank the lord above but Mm. i know there were a lot of people too where it highlighted a lot of the problems in their relationships Mm. and this is where i think it comes back to that we thinking because you know the more that you nurture that relationship the more you get the benefits of it because mm. living with somebody who's happy and wants to connect with you and spend time with you feels so good but if you aren't contributing to the goodness of your relationship you then have to sit in a space where there's tension Ugh. and unhappiness and heaviness and that just doesn't feel good right so I always kind of try to tell people it's in your best interest to nurture your relationship you know
0: 100% I love yeah. that. Um. Lacking a particular relational skill.
1: Yes. So I, I kind of talked before about how we don't have any classes about yeah. this stuff and you don't know what you don't know. Yes. It's so funny because I almost am like, I wish everybody could become a therapist because then you have to learn (laughs) so it's it's such simple things like even love languages how Mm -hmm. how helpful is that when you start to learn oh well maybe my partner actually doesn't respond to gifts but they respond to quality time that's a skill that you can learn and that's why I like your app so much right because it's like these are the skills you can actually implement so there's communication skills I love Gottman because it's basically all skill-based, right? But these tiny little tweaks, like for example, I was in a session the other day with a couple and something I noticed with a lot of women is um, going on these soliloquies about being unhappy, right? So it's like five minutes of content.
0: In one one go? Well,
1: yes, but like, you know, in couples therapy, I'll interrupt to say, this is really hard to digest when you have all this coming out at once. Like your pain is valid, your anger is valid, but it makes it maybe hard for your partner to hear. So so I talk about xyz statements for example it's like when you do x in this situation which is the y i feel z you know so it's a tight little sentence and it makes it more specific, right? It's not about the person's character anymore. It's like, well, you're just a dick. It's like, well, when you when you don't turn the kettle on in the morning mm. or whatever, then I feel blah blah blah. So it's specific, you know.
0: Is Christine? I have a question. Yeah. Like we often talk about these sort of small things, like dishes, kettle, mm-hmm. all of this stuff. But clinically, is it the small things, or is it uh, is it bigger issues that people typically get rubbed up the wrong way about?
1: Such a good question. You know what I think it is? I actually think that the small issues then become bigger issues. So for example, let's take dishes, right? A lot of people have problems with chores. It's unbelievable. But what happens is that it's no longer about, okay, well, you don't do the dishes. It's I've asked you to do the dishes and you haven't listened to me. So now I feel like you don't respect me. So now we're not talking about dishes anymore. We're mm. talking about a, la- a perceived lack of respect in the relationship. Now you think that your partner doesn't respect you. That's a problem, yeah. right? So it can actually become a character thing that happens. Or for example, if you perceive your partner, let's say your partner um, said that they were going to get the groceries and they didn't, but that happens over and over and over. Well, now it becomes that your partner's unreliable. Right. So now we are talking about a bigger issue because there's a breach of trust in the area of reliability. Mm. So it's interesting because I think it's just a case of if those small things are not tended to properly it can become a big
0: thing. Oh yeah. You know? You've got water now in the bottom of your boat. It's yes, starting to sink. Totally. You're looking down at you're looking down the hatch and you see it filled with water, yes. and I'm like, Wait a second, this yeah. is this is wrong. I shouldn't be on this ship. What yeah, am I doing? Exactly. Time and to I get don't off. trust
1: you as a captain anymore, you know, like spirals. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Okay. So to answer that though it does seem like majority of the time it is these more repetitive micro problems versus yeah. like larger things that sort of yeah go wrong and and less about the bigger blowouts yes and more about the constant small things
1: now th- there are situations where people might do okay day to day but then they do have these big blowouts mm. that are you know horrific so that's like a different type of couple i would say but that i mean in, in some ways you could say that those isolated arguments can still become this bigger issue. Because again, if you're, if you're speaking to me in that way, that also tells me you don't respect me. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, I think it can be a combination, but I do think we underestimate just those micro moments and how much they matter.
0: Interesting. Very, very, very cool. Um, and we're going, I want us to get back onto the lacking particular relationship skills, mm-hmm. communication skills here. I love to think about how different people communicate. Mm-hmm. I think I spoke to you about the color wheel um, test. It's one by Dr. Taylor Hartman. Oh, yeah. It is, for me, has changed everything in the way that I work, the way that I talk to different people. And it really, it categorized people into four different colors. Uh, red people being very dominant and assertive, motivated by power. The blues being more detail driven and really more around specifics, but also very, much so about building culture in their relationship. So they love to be organized. They love to do events. But these things are very planned and they can go down an absolute rabbit hole of what ifs. Then you have the yellow personality type who's very creative, charismatic, a little bit of chaos, but Mm. always down for an adventure, especially a last minute adventure. And then the white personality type is motivated by peace. They are calm, They um, are happy to be a wallflower. They enjoy just listening to conversations. Don't speak as much as the other colors, but also are very, 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 very stubborn deep down. Mm, (laughs) Yeah. But seeing how different people communicate, for me, has been so interesting using that model because you're able to quickly see what someone's primary kind of communication style is.
1: Fascinating.
0: And then see the obvious things that each other are gonna get upset about
1: yeah totally
0: so reds and yellows get yellows get very offended because yellows are really around connection and charisma so they're quite thoughtful in the way that they speak and they want everyone to feel included and welcome whereas reds don't give a shit they're gonna Ooh. give it to you straight they are blunt and they're moving forward yeah. and they don't care who's in the way oh um, yeah and I think that is something that has been very, very powerful for myself moving through and trying to understand how I communicate, but then respecting how other people choose to communicate too, Right. because this is just your personality type.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is how you communicate. And obviously for the reds, they need to learn in certain, in certain ways, how to be softer. They've got to think about how to tone things down, especially if they're dealing with someone who is a little bit more reserved or perhaps introverted, or just just generally a little more meek in their outlook, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for them, it can be so powerful if they can use their power and their bluntness to open a door for someone.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, it comes back to this idea of you don't know what you don't know, because I didn't know about that until you told me about mm. that. But how helpful is that? So now it's like, wow, I can even introduce that to couples now. But like, If none of us have any space to learn these things, then we might not, we might be missing the mark and not knowing why, Where that's such a helpful, simple tool Mm -hmm. to bring into your relationship, you know?
0: I've got a few backup questions here. Uh, One of the ones that you have uh, spoken about is this, this is just who I am mentality. What's wrong with that?
1: Oh, Yes, that is one of my pet peeves and like a red flag in couples therapy. Because for me, it just, I think two qualities that are so helpful in a relationship are receptivity and openness, you know? So if somebody says something to you, you don't just say, well, you know, this is just who I am. Because when you're saying that, you're saying, I don't really care that you just said that. I mean, you know, that's what you're communicating. And B, I'm not actually interested in taking accountability or Mm -hmm. changing my behavior. So it basically creates, this is now a you problem (laughs) because I'm not changing, right? (laughs) What is somebody supposed to do with that? Yeah. If you just, if you say, you know, it really actually hurts my feelings when you interrupt me when I'm talking, well, this is just who I am. Yeah, That yeah. is like literally their conversation can go nowhere anymore. Yeah. You know, so I think the more receptive you can be of just saying, oh, you know, why do you feel that way? Like just bring some curiosity into the mix. That's something I think as a therapist, I've learned that everybody can benefit from is just being radically curious mm-hmm. about why somebody says something. You
0: know, I've, I've seen it as well. And this is my culture.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like,
0: this is just my culture. Yeah. Hey, I'm from X culture and yeah. we are blunt. We don't care about feelings yeah. or we are ultra masculine. Yeah. Or we believe that women need to act in a certain way. Yeah. Um, I've seen all of the above
1: yes yeah and that's that's really tough because again it's really hard to work with that as a part it's really hard to work with that as a therapist too because yeah. it's like well then why are you really here if you're just going to say this is how you are you know? and,
0: and especially given that you're sort of in a position where you're like hey I actually know what I'm talking about. Right. I'm the fucking expert here. Right. I'm giving you some feedback. <laughs>
1: right, right, right. And yeah, it's just like closed mindedness, just no interest. And I think it's really painful to be and aggravating to be on the receiving end of that yeah. as a partner.
0: There was some good research around this, um, around men specifically. And it was if men allow themselves to be influenced, it was like a leading key indicator of marriage success. Yeah. So if men were not... Did not allow themselves to be influenced by their partner for decisions, 69% of them got divorced yeah. within like a few years.
1: Yeah, it's, it does not surprise me at all. Because again, talking about what you were asking before, it's like, okay, that might be a small issue, but if the takeaway from your partner is we're not a team at all, mm. that's the bigger issue now. Yeah. I never feel like a teammate to you and I don't feel like you care about my opinion. Yeah. Like, oof, that's rough.
0: Yeah. Right? Um, what are some of the things that happy couples do?
1: Oh, what a good question. I think, um, like we were saying, there's all these moments of connection with happy couples and responsiveness. I also think when when they... It's not that happy couples don't argue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think when they do, it's from a place of what are we going to learn from this experience? Mm-hmm. And okay, what can I do differently? And how can I actually act on that? Yeah. So there's more intentionality, like I guess we were talking about, more micro moments of connection. I think they just enjoy each other's company more because <laughs> they have fun, <laughs> yeah. you know, which sounds so simple, but we maybe don't really think about, yeah. even as individuals in today's day and age, like do you have something that brings you joy? Yeah. Do you do things that are fun? And, you know, I actually find it so heartwarming and I'll see TikToks of couples that are just doing like the funniest shit together. And I'm like, that looks so fun. You know, it just seems like a good vibe. So bringing fun into your relationship, bringing responsiveness, these micro moments of connection. In some ways, it's like not complicated to be in a happy relationship. If you think Mm -hmm. about it, we just have to be intentional and mindful of
0: it. Amazing. Um, And then finally, this is a bit of a technical one, but you've spoken a little bit about people's ability to overregulate emotions. What does that mean?
1: Yeah, this is just my sort of theory. I don't know if there's any science on it or anything, but, you know, it's it's the person. Well, I guess Gottman did look at this. It's sort mm. of the person who stonewalls. So oh. what stonewalling is, is somebody who is actually feeling a lot on the inside and they're completely dysregulated, but on the outside you wouldn't really see anything. Mm. And they found that the vast majority of stonewallers are men. Mm. But um, I think this does come back to a few things. Um, probably your family of origin is one. Like I said, if this was not a space where you could actually voice your emotions and have somebody care for them then it's quite adaptive to say well then i'm never actually going to show them and i better just figure it out Mm. that's a pretty smart coping strategy in that context but in your everyday life just as an individual then you can probably feel very lonely Um, You might resort to using substances or things like that because you need some sort of outlet or comfort for your emotions that you're not expressing. You might be somebody who's just really people-pleasing and other-oriented without sort of checking in with yourself. Mm. Um, And then I think, like you said, there's cultural norms and gender norms around it. A lot of men, I think, are just like, well, I've just been taught to keep this to myself. Who cares about emotions? Oh, yeah. And so unlearning that is really tough because we have decades worth of reinforcement for them yeah. you know
0: yeah reinforcement and social reinforcement as yes, well Yes, exactly uh, I definitely think that as as men you've got this you've got to have this skill or oh, maybe it's not skill and this is this is again bro science I don't haven't seen anything <laughs> around this but this idea of <laughs> until you're in a secure relationship you kind of just need to keep your shit Mm. behind a wall like you you've got to present that you are in control and that you have just your shit together Mm. i don't think that ladies are looking to for for, i don't i don't believe that this stuff that we see out there that people like oh he's gonna be earning like high six figures this that but i do think that it is attractive if someone is just has their shit
1: together Yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah and i think the brutal truth of it the brutal truth of it is, is that you have to keep it all inside, show that you've got your shit together and also have your shit together, like mm-hmm, actually. Mm-hmm. But then when you get into a relationship, you also then need to learn this new skill. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Which is like, hey, after the honeymoon phase is, is over, it is actually very important now to let down some of these walls yeah. that you've just spent the last 33 years building. Oh, totally.
1: Totally. And I, ha- I have a question for you, but it might be personal. So if you don't want to answer it, then you don't. I love it. it. Let's go. I'm curious about, so you were saying that in your last relationship, it was a situation where you kind of feel like you missed the signs. Oh, yeah. And then you were like, oh, shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. And it sounds like now that didn't happen. Yeah. What was the shift that caused you to go from that to this?
0: I think, I, oh, I think about this so much. Mm-hmm. and I And I wonder about this. And I don't, I truly don't know, but I think it is. In fact, that, this is what I think it is. I think it is just a million tiny moments that like little bits of paper, one sheet of paper is really weak, two are really weak, but if you put a million sheets mm-hmm. of paper, it's com- it's like a brick, right? It's yeah. completely solid. And I think with my relationship now, we just have a million small moments of relying on each other and looking out for each other and being the best that we can be. That it feels really, really, really strong, and mm-hmm. we feel really safe in it, and because um because of that safety, it means that we can have a little bit more like fun mm-hmm. uh, we can be even more playful, yeah. and that makes it happier, yeah um and we just love hanging out together, we just, yeah. have, we just have a lot of fun totally um, and I think I think in my former relationship, we were both very much so both going in different directions Mm -hmm. and we were like full steam ahead on our own ships Mm, in our own directions right um and so our lives didn't feel as enmeshed Mm -hmm. and even now me and my partner do very different things like we still have our own separate lives but it feels like um we're definitely on the same ship
1: yeah nice that's interesting yeah because i'm just thinking to myself like for you to go from a relationship where you felt like you weren't really as responsive to making an app that's all about responsiveness that's very cool (laughs) but i'm like what happened there you know yeah that's really neat
0: yeah i mean and i just loved i couldn't i think when i was reading some of those first books um i just remember reading like sue johnson's book and being Mm -hmm. like oh my god okay like you you sort of like wish that you could go back in time and and do things properly just for the sake of the other other person or just for the sake of yourself Mm -hmm. but then you think well actually like my life is amazing now and so then I wouldn't have wouldn't have the awesome life that I do and I feel really really happy Mm -hmm. but you definitely think okay there's probably someone out there that's going through exactly the same thing that I can maybe give a hand to totally and um you know we've had I think 400 over 400,000 people use Coupley, which is a lot of little hand Amazing. hopefully helping hands.
1: But that's also so encouraging that 400,000 people are like, I would like to be a better yeah. partner. How yeah. heartwarming is that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's often not, it's often not these, it doesn't even always need to be these like big gestures or these big hard conversations. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been such a cool takeaway from this conversation mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. is that, hey, the small things count. Yeah. Keep pushing forward. Yeah. Find ways in your day to make your relationship shine. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah, and you don't need to be perfect all the time, Oh yeah. but I do think that when you do those small things and those accumulate, the interesting thing is that then your partner will cut you a little more slack.
0: So much more slack. Right,
1: because it's like, well, normally they're such a good guy, they're just going through a, you know what I mean? But if you're on the rocks kind of all the time, then when something does happen or you aren't as responsive, your partner is way less lenient about it.
0: It's become, they're now, they're now seeing proof for sneaking suspicions that they have that you're not a good person
1: right right yeah
0: very powerful stuff all right well thank you so much this has been an amazing amazing conversation our first coupley podcast IRL so exciting I'm so
1: honored no it's so nice to be in person thank you for having me
0: if you've watched this and you've enjoyed it please subscribe like Leave us a comment and let Christina and I know that you enjoyed the podcast if you listened this far. (laughs) Christina, how can people find you and stay in touch?
1: Yes. So our website is fresh-insight.ca. That's the name of my clinic. We help individuals, couples, families of all ages and backgrounds. And then I'm on Instagram at Christina Vero and TikTok at Therapy Christina.
0: Christina, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank
1: you.